is November 13th. It's a Saturday and the time is 1.11. I just want to welcome you all to a new day, new month. I'm so excited to be here with you all. Before we get started, um, a lot of my family members and friends, you know, they've been saying, okay, you should be consistent a little bit and blah, blah, and all these things, which I know I should be. But um, yeah, just get busy a little bit and a lot goes on in my day, my weeks, and so forth, and before you know it, I forget to record, I forget that, you know, it is important for me to be consistent, so um, I do my prayer time consistently every day, but, you know, for those who maybe like listening to my recording and it helps them to get in that mode of God and all that, it's important that I am consistent somewhat. So, moving forward, I want to be recording at least twice a month, and so, um, fourth the fourth day of every single month usually is like around the beginning of the month that would be ideal for me or if not that fourth day of the month then the very first saturday of the month and then i record the last the third saturday of the month i hope that makes sense so let me say it again i ideally from now on want to record every single fourth of the new month if not the fourth because it might be literally you know like the first day or something like that then I'll record the first Saturday of that month so that way it's at the beginning of the month and then I'll record the third Saturday of every month so that way it's not the the last Saturday of the month but you know in the middle somewhere so like I am not recording like too much and so that third Saturday will give maybe another two weeks in between my next recording if that makes sense so that's kind of like my promise for you all I want to be doing that also I would love to hear feedback as far as like what topics to record um, on here I can leave a comment section and you know you guys can send me a comment on what you would like to hear and if not you prefer email I also have an email it's called givingbacktogod04 at gmail.com so that's giving G-I-V-I-N-G-B-A-C-K-T-O-G-O-D-04 at gmail.com. So giving back to God 04 at gmail.com. So I would love to hear you all's feedback and just, you know, instructions on what you would like to hear, feedback on how I'm doing and et cetera, et cetera. So before we you know, we move on. Let's get started with prayers so we can, you know, be in the word of God and ask him to bless our time together. Okay, Heavenly Father, we want to first say hello. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for this new day, new season, Lord, new month. I'm so grateful to be here, God, to be a vessel, to be used by you on a consistent basis, Father God, each and every single day. When you wake me up, you wake all of us up, Lord. That means that we have purpose in us. That means that we have a mission in us, God. Let our lives not be used for granted and be pointless, God, but may it be used to serve you and to bring glory to you and to your kingdom, God. Help us to be obedient servants and we're faithful and we're always listening and attentive to what you ask us to do, God. So that way we can bless those around us, God. Bless our families and we can be submissive submissive to do your will and to obey you always, God. I pray as we get ready to spend this time together. May your words speak through me, God. May the messages in which you have for myself and your children, God, be spread out and known and planted in our roots, God, in our soil so we can bear good roots that produce good trees, that produce great fruits, God. Let your words not go vacant, God, but let them plant and let them grow 
deep and deep and deep so that way we can use them to spread and feed others with those spirits that you have given us, God. I thank you so much. I invite you in this presence. I love you, God. In your most holy name I pray. Amen. So today, as I was getting ready to do my quiet time, it is pretty late. It is a Saturday, so I don't wake up early on Saturdays, guys. I like to sleep in my 6 a.m., 5 a.m. mornings or weekdays because, like I said, I go to the gym and I do other things. But yeah, so also late, like last week I was traveling. I wanted to record, you know, but just, again, I've been pretty busy. My schedule's been up and down and, um, yeah, like I said, I want to be consistent because I do believe it's important to be consistent not just with your prayer time, but just also with how often you're in God's presence, you know, and so I want to record for you all as consistently as I can, although I'm busy, no excuses, I do believe it's important to still set that standard, so moving forward, I want to do that twice a month, and I told you at the beginning of the month and in the third week of the month, so that way it's, you guys kind of know when to anticipate my videos, and it's not just like, oh wow, like randomly you get a notification <laughs> that I posted something, and for those of you who do have notifications turned on on like Spotify or Apple Music or podcasts, I appreciate you all listening, I'm so grateful, and I just pray that God continuously uses me so I can share more and more with you all. But back to what I was saying, right? As I was getting ready to do my quiet time this morning, well, I did it. Um, and so I was reading today, if you have a Bible um, app, which I recommend everyone, please download it. It's the best thing ever. If you have an app, Apple phone or you have an Android, just go to your app, type in um, Bible and it's like a it says holy bible on it and it's like a brown app it's honestly the best thing i've ever done because it puts you in a community of other believers if you don't have friends please add them and you know invite people invite your family members your friends it's like a mini social media with christians and we post scriptures you know we post images referring to scriptures um we do plans together i have this group of amazing women who i'm so thankful for um some of them listen to this and hey hey ladies <laughs> and i'm so thankful for them because the community that they invited me in it's just a great community where we do bible plans together it's a family i don't i've never met them in person but we know each other you know we're like family and we get to share with each other the word of God how God is using us and pray for one another I think that's so important as believers to be surrounded by a community of people who love encourage you motivate you and want to see you grow and succeed it's not good to be a believer by yourself because why the devil wants us to be in isolation and kind of like in the bible says a, a strain of three is not easily broken those who, if you're walking with two, if you fall, you easily have someone to help you get up. But pity the one who falls and has nobody to be there to help them get up. So that should let you know how important community is. Just like think about social media, for example, right? You want to have friends. Why? So you want to see what they're doing. You want likes and so forth. It's funner when you have people on social media like a community because it makes it worthwhile imagine how much important it is to be a christian because being a christian is not the easiest thing in the world it's kind of hard to be honest with you because being a christian means dying to your flesh means the things that i find pleasurable that i want to do aren't always what god desires me to do and so it's important that you have a community because it will be hard. It's not just, oh my gosh, being a Christian is so great. It is great. Don't get me wrong. 
but there's a lot that we go through on a daily basis, consistently dying to our flesh, consistently saying, you know what, I want to go out and, I don't know, get high and drink and get drunk or whatever and go, you know, have sex and all these things that it's normal for human beings who are fleshy creatures. But when you're a Christian, it's like my Holy Spirit tells me I can't do those things anymore, you know, and your peers might be doing it. The world around you might be doing it. It looks fun. It looks great. But you know that you cannot do it because, again, you're called to live a different lifestyle. So you will find a lot of challenges. It's going to be fun and great and amazing because why? We have eternal life. Our blessing has already been given for us. We don't have to wonder anymore. We don't have to be confused. No. God already gave us that blessing when he died on the cross for us. When we accepted Jesus Christ, we already received that as sons and daughters, as heirs to the king. We are heirs to the king. Therefore, we have an inheritance that goes above and beyond our life on earth. And so it's important that we get around a community that can constantly encourage us of that promise that God has given. If you're not surrounded by surrounded by those believers, how will you get encouraged? How will you get reminded on a daily basis? So please get around community. Invite people into your lives to help you on this journey to walk with you. It's not the easiest, but it's rewarding. It's so worth it. I promise you it's worth it. So let's get back to what I was saying. <laughs> you probably went off on a tangent. <laughs> but honestly, everything I was saying really ties into my message today. So back to what I was saying about the Bible app, right? Today's chapter is in Luke. I usually always read the whole verse, although we have, I'm sorry, the whole chapter. Although we have a verse, the verse of today's 28, it says, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. I love it, but that's not what we're going to talk about. Today, we're going to be in chapter six in Luke, Luke chapter six, verses 27 to 36. Yes, so Luke chapter 6, verses 27 to 36. And so the title of this says, Love Your Enemies. Please, y'all, if you don't have a Bible, please get the Bible app so you can always have a a Bible in your hands. If you have a physical Bible, great. It prevents you from being distracted, etc., etc. But I would love for you all to follow along as I read so you can see the words for yourself. And you can also, you know, make that connection with the words as well if you're driving or whatever and you just prefer to hear me read that's fine also but I do encourage you to when you have free time go back and read this because it's so important for us to be active in the word as well so I'm gonna go ahead and read from Luke chapter 6 NIV version verses 27 to 36 the title says love for enemies but to you who are listening I say Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repaid, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. 
Love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because He is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Wow, I love this so much. It kind of made me laugh a little bit, I'm not going to lie, because God is hilarious. If you get to know Him and His personality, and the only way you can do know that is by reading his words reading his response reading jesus yo jesus was so so funny like he was sassy sarcastic like just blunt honest you know but loving and kind and caring at the same time but very very funny like the things that jesus said i was like wow like i would literally read my bible and crack up like it's a comedy show but um i find this really funny because why it asks you to do everything that you would normally not want to do and so our message today is the unorthodox practices of being a christian like i said being a christian is not easy it causes you to do things that are not normal to your natural reaction naturally if someone slaps you what do you want to do slap them back right if someone steals your coat what do you want to do you take take it back but God calls us to do the opposite. If someone slaps you, you say, you know what? I like that slap. You turn your other cheek and get slapped again. No one wants to do that. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> no, but that's what he calls us to do, which is very, it's hard. It's so hard because naturally you want to respond and not in the best way possible. I don't think in that moment someone stops and say, you know what? I'm a Christian. Let me just turn my other cheek and let them slap me again. Or I shouldn't hit them back. You must be a saint because I don't even do that. No way. Not at all. And that is how God acts us and calls us to live. Imagine how hard it is to be a Christian. It's very unorthodox because why? That is not what we naturally want to do. Our flesh tells us to respond in the wrong way possible and to retaliate and to react. And so we're going to study the word unorthodox because, again, I love dictionary.com. It's important to understand the definition of the term that we're going to use so we understand what it means and how it relates to what we're studying. Right? Right. Okay. (laughs) And so what does unorthodox mean? My dictionary.com says, not conforming to rules, traditions, or modes of conduct. So I like that, right? It says not conforming to rules, traditions, or modes of conduct. The tradition or the norm or the rules for when someone slaps you back is not a rule, but you know, our natural method is to respond and slap that person back. But being unorthodox means that we do everything the opposite way. Because to be orthodox, it means that you are conforming, you know, you do things the right way, you do things the way that is quote unquote expected of you. That is what it means to be orthodox. But being a Christian, God calls us to do a lot of things that are not normal to our flesh. He calls us to do things that are a little odd and a little difficult and hard and challenging to do. And the reason why he expects us to do this is because of the last part. 36, it says, be merciful just as your father is merciful. So being a Christian means being a follower of Christ. Being a disciple means we're following Jesus' examples. How did Jesus live on earth? How did he respond to mistreatment? Think about when 
in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? When Jesus was at almost that hour where he was going to be hung up on a cross. There's a lot of soldiers, and I love how it talked about Jesus has all authority to call all the angels in the world to defend his case, to fight those soldiers who wanted to take him. But how did he respond? Calmly, he was at peace. He was not reluctant. He was willing. When he came and took him, he didn't fight back. Jesus went with his enemies, knowing their intentions was to kill him. And yet he was calm, yet he was still and knew that God was God and God had a plan. How many of us are still in the midst of trials? How many of us are still when someone, you know, tempts us and someone causes us to respond bad? Most of us can't say that. I definitely cannot say that. Because still every single day I have to die to my flesh. It's natural for you to respond as a human being when you're being mistreated. It's natural for you to yell back when someone is constantly yelling at your face. It's natural for you to snap when someone has pushed you to the limit. That is what human nature tells us. But what does God tell us to do the opposite of that? Why? Because he did it. The thing I love about Jesus is that he's never, ever going to ask us to do something that he himself has never done before. And I think that's why it was important for God to come in human form as a mortal. He was a God in a body, in a flesh. And I think he did that so he can relate to us more, so he can feel our pain. Jesus wept when Lazarus died. He mourned with the weak, or I'm sorry, he mourned with those who were mourning. He had compassion on people. He knew when people were hungry and he wanted to feed them. Because if he was just, God is just so so mighty that we can never fathom who God is. His internal being is just too big for us to comprehend. And that's why in the Old Testament, people used to say, oh my gosh, if I see God, I'm going to die. Because his presence was just too, too powerful. And so he felt like, you know what, I can't understand my children if I'm just this being that's so so powerful and it's just so hard for them to understand. I have so, he humbled himself. He humbled himself to be a fleshy creature like us so he can experience what we went through, so he can relate. He will never ask us to do anything that he himself has not went through. He went through all those things. He was betrayed. So God understands what betrayal is. He was hurt. He understands what it means when we say we're hurting. He felt love. He was condemned. He went through all those things. So our sins and our um, emotions, they're not far from his understanding. He understands because why? He was right there with us. He is right there with us when we go through those things. Because he's like, you know what, my child? I know what you're going through right now. I felt that. I was there. And I love that because God is so, just so cool. And he thinks about everything. He thinks about, okay, how can I be more close to my children? How about I get down and humble myself and be exactly where they are and go through what they would go through. But even worse, none of us have to be crucified on the cross for a billion of people who would not care about us, who would sin and lie and cheat on us every single day. None of us had to do that, but Jesus chose to do it for us. He didn't die on the cross because we promised to be good. He died on the cross knowing that we will still sin, that we will still betray him, that we will still not obey him. And he still chose to do that for us. So what is he asking us to do? Do things that are unorthodox to our natural fleshly creatures. 
And that's why when it says, I forgot what, what scripture, I'm sure it's in the New Testament. It says if you want to gain your life, you must lose it. How backwards is that? Because people think when you want to gain your life, you want to gain something, you got to keep, keep, I don't know, fighting for it. But God says if you want to gain your life, you lose your life. If, when, if you want to lose it, then that's when you keep grabbing on and holding on to it. Then you're going to lose it. Even the, the, the principle of tithing. If you want to gain more, you got to give more. And God will give you a hundred return fold. Isn't that backwards from what society tells us? They tell us if you want to gain more money, you got to save your money. You got to be stingy. You got to hold your money. Don't let no one touch your money. But God tells us if you want more money, you got to give. You got to serve. You got to be generous. You got to give back and give and give and give. He tells us to do the opposite of what the world tells us to a while ago, I actually watched an audio um, or a YouTube video by uh, one of my favorite pastors. I forgot who it was. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Actually, no, I know I know. like someone originally said it, but I think I heard Michael Todd say it. He is one of my favorite um, preachers, my, Michael Todd and R.C. Blakes. I love them on YouTube. If you don't know them, please check them out, especially R.C. Blakes. He is not as popular as Michael Todd, but he is uh, my spiritual father. He's a man of wisdom. I love him so much. But anyways, one of them said the quote that um, the way to know how to be a Christian is to look at the world, see what they're doing, and do the opposite. And I thought that was hilarious because that's so true. What is the world doing? What does the world ask us to do? Then we turn around and do the opposite, and that's what God requires us to do. Because being a Christian is going to be unorthodox. We are not called to do what everyone is called to do. Just because someone can go out and get drunk and come back and they, nothing happens to them, that doesn't mean you can do it. So don't feel bad that you have to do things differently than how your friends and your peers in the world are doing it. We are called to be different. We're called to stand out. We cannot walk the same walk that the world does because why? We are children of God. We are disciples of Christ. And so we are called to a different standard. We have different expectations. So do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's in Romans chapter 2. And God calls us not to conform to the patterns of this world, to be different, to think differently, to think godly thoughts, not worldly thoughts, but thoughts that God requires us to think of and so I love the scripture because it tells you how to do the opposite of what we're expected to do God tells us in verse 29 if someone slaps you you turn the other cheek if they take your coat you give them your shirt if you give to somebody do not expect it back but give freely be generous and he, the reason he tells us that is because even sinners know how to give good gifts. Even sinners know how to give and expect things back from people. So how are we different if we are able to do the exact same things that sinners ask us to do? We're not different. And the reason why we're called to live different like this is because in verse 35, it says, But love your enemies and do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great. And you will be children of the Most High, because He is kind to the ungrateful and to those who are wicked. When we do the opposite of how 
the world expects us to react, we will receive a reward that will be so great because why we are children of the Most High, which is our Heavenly Father, God in Heaven. And so He is kind to those who are ungrateful and to those who are wicked. And so we're expected to be like Christ, to follow His examples. Again, it's not easy. It is not easy, not a bit. Not one bit. It's hard. It takes dying to the flesh every single day. Being a Christian is a daily choice. You just don't baptize. You just don't get baptized, I'm sorry, or accept the Holy Spirit and think you're good. No. It's a constant, consistent progression every single day. It's constantly renewing our minds. It's constantly being transformed by the renewing of of our minds. We just don't do it once and we're good. No, it's every single day we have to do it over and over and over. And that's why God gave us the Holy Spirit. He's our advocate. He's with us daily. So it's important that we always lean on him for help because we're weak. We're fleshy creatures. We cannot do anything. And that's why it says it's through Christ that I can do all things. Through Christ who strengthens me. And so we consistently, daily need to call on God call on the Holy Spirit to give us that strength and to intercede for us. This world is alluring. Its promises are alluring, but they're deceitful. They're fleeting. They're temporary. They don't last. But in that moment, it seems good, right? And God says, all things are good, but not all things are beneficial for us. They're not. That's what Paul said in, in, um, I think, Corinthians. I don't know. I forgot where it was, but Paul said that. All things are good, but not all things are beneficial for us. Because why? We are expected and called to live at a different standard. We cannot do what our neighbors are doing and get the same outcome. No way. Not at all. And from the positive light of that, right? Our neighbors cannot do the same thing that we do and get the same results. That's why when you see Christians, our blessings are accelerated. Because why? We live... We, we live a different life. We serve a different God who lives outside of time. That's why your enemies will look at you and be like, how is this person being blessed and I'm doing the exact same thing? Because they don't have our secret sauce and our secret sauce is God. When you walk with God, you experience life differently. Like I said, it's not hard. I mean, it's not easy, but it's the most rewarding thing ever. It's also not hard because why? God is so faithful to give us instructions on how to live on a daily basis. He gave us a help who is consistently active and present in our daily life, the Holy Spirit, to teach us the way of God, to convict us when we're stepping out of that will. Because in the Bible, it doesn't cover everything A to Z, you know? But it gives you an outline of, actually, it does cover everything A to Z. It might not be in, in the terms that we use now in today's society, but that's why the Holy Spirit is consistently with us to say, hmm, you know what? You, I don't know, spilled apple juice in someone's car and you didn't clean it up. It never said that directly in the Bible, but you will feel that conviction. And the Holy Spirit will say, hmm, that's not right. You should clean that up or you should tell them or whatever. And he's in our lives to teach us little things like that, that maybe the Bible doesn't spell it out. But he is present so that way he, we can know how to live good lives as Christians. And so I'm going to end there, you know, just again, encourage you all to read this again. This was in Luke chapter six, verses 27 to 36. And this is the practice, the unorthodox practice of being a Christian. 
it's different from how we're expected to live, but it's so rewarding. It's so rewarding when we do things according to Christ because we are blessed a hundredfold return. So we will close that in prayers. Heavenly Father, I just want to say thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being here with us, God, and for letting your words be known and felt, God. Thank you for speaking through me and using me as a vessel to translate your message to your children. Thank you for reminding us of the practices that we consistently have to do each and every single day of our lives as a Christian, as a follower and disciple of you, God. It's not the most easiest thing, but it's rewarding because you are here to guide us, God. You're not far from our pain. You're not far from our emotions because you're present. You went through all these things so you can teach us how to live a better life. God, help strengthen us, God, to do the things that are expected of us, God. It's hard, but God, I know that with you, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So give us the strength, God, to walk according to your way. Not so straight, God, as the wide, as a wide path, God, is deceitful. But the path to salvation, the path to eternity is very narrow. It's hard to walk in that path, God. It's so much easier and alluring and tempting to go to path that is so wide. And we don't have to have any borders or boundaries, God. But we know that path leads to death. So God, we chose eternal life. We chose everlasting life. So let us be consistent in that narrow path. Help us walk there, God. Give us the strength when we are weak. Surround us with other believers and Christians and a community who can uplift us, God, when we do fall. Be with us, God, always, and bless us as we leave. I thank you, Jesus. I love you. I praise you mostly name. Amen. Okay, guys. Thank you for joining me again. I hope you have a great day. And please don't forget to leave me any um, feedback on what I should say or just feedback on whatever you want to say as well. But thank you for your time. Bye. Bye, y'all.